This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hey, Liz. This has been... A wild week for me. <laughs> yes. We've had a wild last eight days. Last week, we broadcast from uh, Mississippi's Capitol. It was MPB Day at the Capitol where we let the legislators know all about MPB. Allison was there with Jay White, and they talked to some of our legislators about this wonderful educational program that we put on at MPB for folks to help save money. Um, with their car problems, you know, empowering people. Mm-hmm. You know, I love it that you will suggest what someone can do to help themselves. Yeah, before just saying, go do this. If it's something they, that they can do themselves, there's there's a few things people can do on their cars that I trust that your average person could do. Well, sometimes you may just need a little push. The mm-hmm. The week before that, you were in California, mm-hmm. and we had guest Charlie Melton mm-hmm. from the Clinton Public Schools Career Center, and that's what we talked about. We talked about what you could do yourself and gave some tips on things that people might be able to try to do for themselves. Um, then this week... I was in California. Yeah. Those gas prices were four dollars, and and <laughs> there you go. But uh, today is an open topic day. We've got a lot of water going on around the state. <laughs> I moved out of my house <laughs> because my street flooded, but luckily my house did not take on any water. Okay, that's um, great. How close did it get? Liz? It hit my slab. Oh. If uh, the Pearl River Valley Water Authority hadn't done whatever voodoo they did to not flood the make the Pearl River go higher, uh, if they hadn't have done that, we would have had water. The house across the street from us got water, got flooded. Wow. Then I would have been calling in to fix it 101 yeah. <laughs> to find out about removing carpet and drywall yeah. from a flooded house. But mm. uh, my husband's co-workers helped us load our truck. My co-workers helped us unload the truck yesterday. We have a call. Let's go to Timothy, who is calling from Louisiana. Timothy, thank you so much for being on the air with us today on AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Good morning, y'all. Uh, I am so glad you're there. You know, uh, this is, y'all are just the best dang radio station anywhere. Ah, oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Um, <laughs> I'm calling a, 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 a 2006 Scion XB. I've got 330,000 miles on it. Wow. You know, I used to and, have one, so and I'm, lovely I'm vehicle. Shooting for 500. Go for it. Um, what I'm wondering is, you said something about... Um, um, changing the brake fluid in your vehicle, changing it out entirely. Uh, and I'm wondering if at 300,000 miles I should, you know, drain the brake fluid out and then replace it. 
If it's never been done, for definitely, for sure. For brake fluid, you want to change it every two to three years, depending on how much driving you do and what kind of driving, whether it's city driving. If it's city driving, you'd want to change it out more often than highway, for instance. But every two to three years is when brake fluid is recommended to be flushed out and, and refreshed. All right. And I want to say something about California gas. Go ahead. When I moved to California in two thousand or in nineteen sixty seven from oh, Texas, wow. you could not see the mountains for the smog. Right. Okay? That's correct. I mean, it used to be really bad. Go, it was terrible. It was, we 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 could not practice football on some days because the the smog was so bad, okay? Johnny Carson used to make a lot of jokes about that on the Tonight Show. Yep. Well, you're older than I think. <laughs> Sounds um, young. But, you know, uh, that, that gas is formulated to reduce the, um, the smog out there, you know. And, and, boy, howdy, I don't mind paying more if it'll get me clear air, you know. It's true. And a lot of people hate emissions controls on cars, um, especially yep. on diesel trucks. But if they, if they knew what it was like in smog-ingested areas, they would change their, their tune. Because um, now in California, you can see the mountains. The smog is still bad when you get in the mountains that are right around the city in yep. Orange County and everything. I remember when I went out there at 99... I couldn't breathe when we went into the mountains. I had to put a cloth across my face, a bandana. Um, uh-huh. It was that bad then, but you could still see, and you—I mean, you could basically survive. But I don't know how people could deal with that on a day-to-day basis. But they're—they're they're still working on it. Yeah, I had a friend yep. in college uh, around 1990, and he had a modified car, uh, kind of a, a, a cobbled together vehicle that he drove out to California, but he couldn't get it inspected then because it didn't have the correct emissions. Right. Yep. 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 Very important. All right, Timothy, good luck with your brake fluid. We appreciate you calling in. All right. Well, thank y'all. And uh, keep it up. Keep it up. Thank you. Will do. All right, we've got another call. Let's go to Lynn from Moss Point. Lynn, thank you so much for calling in to autocorrect. Go ahead. Hey, I'm a musician, but I am just so, I so admire a woman mechanic. That is my second dream. But uh, (laughs) what I need to ask you about this morning is I have a little Toyota Corolla 2004 that I just drive because it's good gas mileage, get me going places. But, um, they told me the other day, this sound I heard, that it was a rear transmission mount that needed replaced. And so what I'm asking you is, is that something I have a friend and he is pretty savvy with, you know, just changing spark plugs and changing out brakes and all those kind of things. Is that something that someone that's knowledgeable can do, but yet he's not a certified mechanic? Um, yes, it is. For the most part, engine mounts are pretty easy to change out on pretty much any car, anywhere on the engine or transmission. So um, so I, I, I believe he'd be fine with doing that. It's it's pretty easy operation. Okay. Now, is there just one rear mount or is there more than one? Because what if I got the wrong one or is that not the case? He should be able to see which one it is because usually by the time it's making noise, the uh-huh. the rubber has busted out on it, and you can usually tell which one. is. Usually it moves easily, 
and so he should be able to tell pretty easily which one it is. Okay, well, hey, I just admire you, and maybe I'll get there one day. <laughs> well, thank you. Keep Well, I'm, I'm late in life getting into it. I mean, I, I, I went back to school for um, auto mechanics when I was 35 or something like that, really? 36. So it's, it's well, impossible. Hey, I, my dad was a race car driver, and I know the sound of a good motor from just being under cars with him. But That's awesome. Uh, yeah, thanks. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Lynn, we're so glad that you called in. We're going to continue with our open topic show when we come back from our break. Send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got one here about tie rod ends and right front bellow boots. I don't even know what any of those words mean, but Allison does. And we'll also find out some of the recalls that have been issued this week. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Your old car is kind of like that hairstyle you had in high school. Really cool back in the day. But that old car is still cool when you donate it to MPB Think Radio. Go to mpbonline.org for details, then sit back and enjoy the ride. Now that's cool. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. If you want even more AutoCorrect, please find our podcast. It's on all podcast platforms for your smart devices. And remember, with a podcast, that's just a way you can download our show and take it with you. Here are the recalls for the week. We've got the 2006 through 2010 Kia Sedona and Sorrento, the 2020 Mercedes-Benz AMG cars and SUVs, the 2015-2016 Tesla Model X. Oh, that's all there is. Okay, that's pretty good. That's just a, a few. Now, remember, you can find out if your car, your specific car, has a past recall by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration's website. That's nhtsa.gov slash recall and inputting your VIN number. Today is an open topic show. We're taking your phone calls and emails. If you have a question for Allison, you can always email our show, auto at mpbonline.org. Allison, we got an email, tie rod ends and right front bellow boost. I recently had a new set of tires put on my 2002 Camry. Afterward, I was told I needed an inner tie rod ends and right front bellow boot and was quoted $517.25 for these repairs. I was told that it would do no good to do an alignment without these repairs. Does this seem reasonable and is this 
a reasonable price. I'm 82 years old and have no knowledge of these kinds of repairs. This is Peggy. Hey, Peggy, I hope you're listening out there. Um, In my opinion, I would like to get a second opinion on this. Some tire places, and I'm definitely not saying all of them, but some of your chain tire places, your big uh, corporate tire places are known to request repairs that are not necessary. I won't name names, but they're the big ones. And so your independent shops aren't as bad as that. What I would recommend is going to something a, a shop that's a suspension, brakes and suspension shop, not a tire shop, and get an opinion from them at an independent local shop and have it checked out again. Tell them the same thing you, you sent in the email that you got told that you needed this, or just say you want to have the suspension aligned and see if they check it out and see anything before they do the alignment um, without bringing up the the requested repairs that the other shop made. So I'd I'd like to see a second opinion on that just because sometimes I've seen some of these uh, tire places and some of these big chain places recommend repairs that weren't needed and then quote kind of high prices um, that you know are, are hard to afford and um, she said she was 82 years old with a 2002 Camry I'd like to see you, you keep it going and be safe on the road so please get that checked out soon because if it is a problem then you do want to be safe on the road and, and make sure that it's taken care of with your suspension components so I'd, I'd recommend a, a second opinion on that first before you before you do that Fantastic. And Peggy sent us that email, our address, auto at mpbonline.org. Well, I, I'm going to save myself money the next time. When I was in California, I was in my son's car, which is in my name, but uh, took it to a uh, oil change place, and I needed to clean it out, so they let me sit inside while they were doing the oil change. And of course, they offered to change the cabin air filter. And when we, Charlie was on, and we talked about things you could do yourself, he mentioned it was behind the glove box, and I knew that's where it was, but I didn't quite know how to get to it. So I told David, the little mechanic guy, says, "Okay, David, you're going to show me where it is, and you're going to change it out. Then I'll do it the next time." So. He, he had to push in the sides of the glove box. It wasn't just right behind the glove box. You had to push in the sides so that the glove box could flop all the way down. And then there was a little tab to pull out. Honest to God, that 2007 Saturn, I don't think that filter had ever been changed. Yeah. It was completely black. Wow. So I am so glad he showed me for $25 uh, for the the filter. He showed me how to do it. So now I can do it next Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. But just watching him do it, that that helped. That was nice of him to let you to, you know, show you how to do it. And because they they must have checked it, actually checked it then. Yeah. Or I assume before just just saying, hey, you need this replaced. Well, he said, uh, well, he he didn't. Did he offer to check it? Yes. Yes, he did. Okay, that's good. I like that before just requesting that you need to replace something that they're not sure yet. Right. (laughs) All right. Let's go to the phones. We've got Joe from Natchez. Joe. Thank you so much for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Uh, I have a 2006 Cadillac DTS, and it got uh, wrecked down the side. They totaled it, but it wasn't terrible. 
uh, but the way the doors were on, and I used to be in the body shop business for like 25 years, and I bought two used doors from a savage, and I put them on, and everything worked excellent except the message in the dash keep telling me drive a door open and it is closed lock and all now i will tell you one guy told me that he thought he's a mechanic not a body man that he thought it might be the door latch inside the door that maybe i should have taken that lock out of the other door and put in and he wondered if you could have to reset it or what. But I don't know, but I don't have no idea. You know, the old cars had a button when it closed. It would turn the light off when that button, the door touched that button coming out of the frame or the uh, front post. But this one don't have that. So I'm wondering what's causing these used doors that I put on to have driver door open. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm used to the button myself, so I'm not real sure what the mechanism is on that. Um, so on that, with the saying that you need to use the latch from the other car, that sounds like a possibility, or or maybe is it possible that it's it's just slightly lined up wrong, maybe? Because I know you the can door. adjust it a little bit, but you're saying it shuts fine. Well, it's just fine, but I do hear a little air uh, as I drive. I hear okay. a little air, and, and it looked like the bottom part of it may have a little more gap on this side than the right side that didn't get wrecked. So it looks right. like I might need to let it down a little bit and shift it back because I got a bigger gap uh, between the front and the rear door than what I have on the right side as well. So I thought about maybe putting a jack on it and... Uh, kind of, you know, line it up and look at the other side and keep doing that till I get it kind of like that. That's what I would try to do if it's not lined up correctly, and maybe that'll fix the problem. Joe, yeah. um, that's what I would recommend on that. Okay, because I don't know if there's anything inside the door uh, because they don't have those uh, door door latches. They don't have those door latches and things that they used to have in the other ones. Uh, you know, like where you you got a rod that runs from here to there and there. They don't have it. They just got something in the door panel and the plastic part goes up in it and, and that's how it works. They don't have them rods and things that go from the opening the inside to the outside and all of that. I've noticed that. So it looks like they kind of, you know, technology have, you know, increased on them till they don't have a lot of that manual looking stuff in them. Well, try realigning it and then go from there, Joe. And then I'm not a body girl, so I'm not, I don't know that stuff in and out very well, but that's what I would recommend. That was my first thought is maybe it's aligned wrong. And so I would try that. Yeah, Joe, check your spacing on the, the other doors to see how it is. And we, uh, we'd we love to hear if you uh, call after you uh, check it, call us back and tell us how that worked. Thank you so much for calling in. Let's go to James, who's called in from uh, Warner Brothers, Mississippi. James, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Yes, I have an antique car. It's a Chevy. I want to know... How often should I start it in the wintertime and let it run, and how long? I don't drive it just in the summertime, the only time I use it. I would do it at least once a month, if you could, if that's not too much trouble. 
And that should, I would think that would be enough to keep everything um, going. And if you could take it for a drive, and that would keep everything moving and okay. and everything. And, and um, is that possible for you to take it for a drive, too? Well, as long as it's not raining. Right, right. Well, we got a lot of rain lately. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting it in your part of the, the state, but we definitely getting it here. Well, yes, it's raining here now. But yep. anyway, this is one of grow, Mississippi. But anyway, that's what I wanted to know. Well, I'm starting up once a month, but should I let it run for like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, or what? I'd let it run probably probably about 30 minutes is 30 minutes. plenty. Okay. And that's enough to get everything warmed up and all the fluids lubricated without driving it. If if you drive it, you can just drive it for about, uh, well, you know, 15 minutes, and it'll warm everything up a little quicker. But um, okay. if you're just letting it sit there and idle, maybe about 30 minutes. And ventilated, of course. Well, I know it's, uh, it's it's a standard shift, so I don't have to worry about the transmission that much. Basically, okay. you know, so it's, it's about 60 years old, but I just wanted to know how often should I start it. That was it. Okay. That's that's my recommendation on that, but you might want to call a classic repair shop and get their opinion on that also just to, to back up and double-check my opinion because I'm not a professional with the antique cars. I deal with late-model vehicles. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not um, proficient in the classic cars and, and restorations and, and whatnot with, uh, with the antique cars. So you might want to call like a restoration shop and get their opinion on that also. Well, I appreciate your time, and thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you, James. We're so glad you called in. Let's go to Ed, who's calling from Jackson. Ed, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I have a 2003 Honda Accord LX six-cylinder, and suddenly the heater on the driver's side has stopped working. It works fine on the, on the passenger side. The blowers blow. The air conditioning works great in the summer. But the heater on the driver's side just blows cold air. Oh, no. Um, I tell you what, one thing that could be happening is that the motherboard where your actual dowels are, it's, it's messed up in there, and it's not getting the information to the ventilation door to open it up to heat, and it's keeping it on cold just for the driver's side. But the other thing that could be happening is that that door itself has malfunctioned and it's staying stuck in cold. So that's why you have your AC in the summer, but in the winter, you're, it's just blowing cold air. And it's because that door has either gotten stuck or broken or the motor has gone out on it. So you have a couple of different components that could be messed up on there. Um, hopefully, it's somewhat easy to get to that door to check the function of it sometimes it's a little bit difficult to get under your dash and deal with those ventilation doors sometimes you have to take out the radio and and take out the middle part of the dash to get back in there and it can be a bit complicated not quite as bad on a 2003 accord but as some of these later models but it's still a little bit a little bit complicated but it's but there's a few different components that play into whether that's working correctly or not and that's the motherboard on your actual buttons to turn it on and off and then the actual motor and then the door itself okay well i will um i'll check it out is this something you think would be reasonably uh inexpensive to fix i'd have to sell a kidney 
Sometimes it can be expensive. I'm not I'm not going to lie to you about that because of the difficulty of getting into the dash to fix the problem. Okay. Um, so so sometimes it can be a little bit a little bit high for for problems like that. But Ed, there are a lot of people on the kidney uh, transplant list, <laughs> so keep that don't 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 give up that idea. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants a seventy one year old kidney, actually. But anyway, well, I'll take it to the mechanic and see what they can tell, do for me. Thank you so much. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you, Ed. All right, here's something I noticed that you said on the last two calls, and I need this straight in my brain. A lot of times people think I. I do things in reverse. When you say late model car, it doesn't mean late as in this is an old car. Late model means a recent car? Recent car. Okay. Yeah, (laughs) it is confusing. That is a little bit confusing. Okay, Mm -hmm. well, that's that's a good thing to, to keep in my head to know. A late model doesn't mean an old model a late model means the latest yes the latest latest models mm-hmm. okay our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org it's an open topic show today what's an unreliable car not to buy we'll get to that in a bit you're listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. Listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady on mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill. We hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click on support and make a contribution because we rely on contributions to purchase our national programming and keep the lights on here. So thank you. Thank you for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Consumer Reports has a list of vehicles that have a record of much worse than average overall reliability based on subscriber responses to their annual auto survey. Today, we're going to caution you about the Volvo S60, the 2015 model. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car. Suggests Consumer Reports. Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. If you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is an automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. He has reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for 25 years. His review this week is the 2020 Jeep Wrangler Diesel. All right. 
We're taking your phone calls today. It's an open topic day. Email us your questions, auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Jackson, where Herbert is calling from. Herbert, thank you so much for calling in on to AutoCorrect today. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. Uh, I've got a 2000 Honda Accord BC. I mainly use it as a second car. Uh, but I've got a, a real seal engine leak, oil leak. Uh, I took it to a mechanic, and he said it may be about $1,000 to repair. I was just wondering, was that a little steep? Or did that sound reasonable? Um, so they have to take out the transmission to do that. And on a front-wheel drive, a transmission is a little bit difficult to get out. Um, that's most of the cost of when you get one rebuilt is the cost of taking out the transmission. The part itself is only about 80 bucks. Yeah. So, but they have to take out the transmission. So that does sound about right for a rear main seal, unfortunately. Oh, uh, are, are, any, are any of those uh, uh, aftermarket lubricants that supposed to repair seals actually work? Um, it's, it's here and there, I've I've heard of some that do. I've heard of some that don't. I'm not real big on using anything like that myself because it tends to gunk up other things in your in your car that you don't want to. Yeah, like your oil passages, and you don't want to starve your engine of oil in different locations. So I'm not a big proponent for it. So it's best to just get the seal replaced about more problem fix, right? That's right. It's it's if it's a really bad leak, yes. Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, okay. Yeah, then you 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 do need to go ahead and and get that replaced on there. Okay, thanks a lot. You're very welcome. Okay. All right, we're staying in Jackson on the phones. Let's go to John. John, thank you so much for calling in to AutoCorrect. You go, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey there. I love your show. Uh, it's fantastic. Listen, I have a 2014 Nissan Frontier. It's got 150,000 miles. I've changed you all, period. That's okay. it. Okay. And I need to know what... For the doctor lady mechanic to tell me what all I need done. I know I need a tune-up at least, and probably all my fluids changed. I need. I know I need some brakes because uh, they're kind of getting testy. But anyway, I'm I'm, I'm listening. Okay. Well, do ref- make sure you refresh your brake fluid too. That's something that gets left off. Um, if your PCV valve has never been replaced, that that can that needs to be replaced. Check your drive belt. Do an intake air clean if you can, and that's something you can do yourself with the CRC intake air clean. And that basically cleans everything that goes where the air goes inside your engine. It gets gunked up like a ceiling fan, and and it starts making your car run a little rough, and it, it'll affect your gas mileage. So that's one thing I always recommend in a, yeah, I, on I, maintenance. I didn't, hear, I didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. What did you say I needed to do? That was the intake air clean. And that just cleans out everything where the air comes in on your car, and all that gets dirty, and it, it ends up making your car gas mileage not as good, and it out a little rough, and so it'll um, help with that when you clean it, and that's a regular service that I, I perform when I do regular maintenance on my vehicles and others, and... Um, Without looking at it, um, let's see, make sure you do replace your differential fluid if that's never been done. That gets left out 
on vehicles a lot and make sure you grease everything that needs grease your u-joints and and whatnot on the on their truck um with it being real wheel drive let me let me ask you this you may not be able to tell me on my ear but i want to bring it to you just let you do what needs to be done. I know, like I said, I know a tune-up at the minimum. It's got 150000 And I know the radiator fluid's never been changed. Brake fluid hasn't been checked. All these things you say hadn't been done. Uh, okay. Can you give me a ballpark figure on what that would all cost? And usually it runs around 1500 for a full maintenance job for all the things that I do. But what I do is when I have a customer, I give them a menu and I say, that, you know, this is all the things that I recommend. You can do all of it or you can pick and choose which one you want to get done based on your budget. So so it's it's not set in stone that you have to pay 1500 You can do what's within your budget and just go with priorities of what's what I'd recommend be done as soon as possible and then go from there. Okay, cool. Would you say the tune-up is like a priority at 150000 Yes, it is. And then you'd want to check and see when your spark plugs are due and that sort of thing on, on those trucks. I'm not real sure when the spark plugs are due on it, if it's every 60000 But we'd have – I'd usually what I do is I go through your records, too, if you have records. And and go through and do a thorough inspection and everything, and see. It's, try to research it and find out as much as I can about the vehicle, so that we're not doing anything redundantly. Well, and, you, you, it's going to be easy because, like I say, the only thing I've ever done to it is change the oil. Okay. Else, it's zero. Uh, I don't even think I've changed an air filter or anything. Okay. Well, do you have a pen and paper? You can take my phone number down, or you can email us. Yeah, I, I do. Just a second. Go ahead. It's six zero one five zero two three one five seven. And anyone can take my number down and, and call me or text me if they have a question or anything like that. Or, you know, if they're in the area, I'd prefer uh, if it's for any repairs or work done in the Jackson area. Okay, let me ask you one more question. Yes, ma'am. And uh, remember, anyone can find Allison on social media. Her uh, handle is the Lady Auto Mechanic. She's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The Lady Auto Mechanic, Allison Walker. And you can always email our show auto at mpbonline.org. Oh, okay. Well, John, we hope that you get all of that um, filled out. And if he doesn't remember all that was suggested, this show will be put up as a podcast later this afternoon on our webpage, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. You can also find it on podcasting platforms wherever you get your podcast for. And if you don't get your podcast, you need to start. It's a fun way to listen to shows. You can download them so that you're not using Wi-Fi or Internet and, you know, listen to them while you're doing laundry, cleaning the kitchen, working on your car. Podcasts are uh, a new fun thing because it's limitless. There's hundreds of thousands of different podcasts you can listen to. Let's take one more call before our break. We'll go to Bill in Poplarville. Bill, thanks so much for calling into AutoCorrect today. Go ahead. Well, I'm glad to be able to speak with Allison about this. I'm, I've got uh, a situation where the uh, automobile, which is a 2017 Ford Edge, has had an engine replaced, and uh, 
there is a grinding noise whenever turning or putting on the brakes now with the car. And uh, the car is back in the shop, but uh, having some tro- problem getting all of this understood that uh, uh, trying to get this uh, settled down as to, as to where, where and what is causing this problem. Uh, an axle has been replaced trying to get to the bottom of this, but it's still making the noise. Still making the clicking noise, you're saying? It's, well, it's a grinding noise. Grinding. When, when Only when you push the brakes? The mm-hmm. And it's not the brake pads? No, no, it's, it's definitely not. It's uh, not anything like that. It's all been done at the dealership, and uh, all of it, none of this was an issue. It was strictly the engine. It, it, it's an awfully it's young car to need an engine. In 2017, it's only three years old, and it needed an yeah. engine? Did... Tell, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the, uh, the uh, first engine uh, apparently was getting some water mixed with the uh, uh, getting into the engine block somehow. Well, would, did they replace the radiator with that, too, I have to ask, because that's one place where water can mix with, uh, well, that can mix with, with the transmission fluid, or, or I'm sorry. But, yeah, so they wanted to replace the whole engine. The radiator was not replaced, but I'll inquire about that. Well, I'm thinking of transmission fluid. I'm sorry. I had, I had a moment there. But that's with replacing the engine, yeah. So that's interesting. <laughs> One of, one of my least. questions for them is that uh, this is a four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive, and I wonder if they've uh, treated it as though it was a two-wheel drive and there's some problem with the auto traction. I wonder uh, that, too, but do, you don't have any check engine lights on or no anything like that or brake, brake codes on? Um, I would take it back to them and keep taking it back to them till they get this figured out to the bottom of it. And and um, I'm not real sure what it could be. I have to wonder if it's an alignment thing or something like that with the putting the engine in. But that doesn't. I'm not really sure. That's something I'd have to look into myself. Um, so I, I don't know, especially on a late model car like that. And it wasn't doing it before the engine change. Oh, and no, all of a sudden there are no, no issues at all. Uh, in fact, uh, the the other engine wasn't showing us any other problems. It was just found on the service uh, check engine light issue. Oh, okay. And, uh, mm-hmm. So that that's how we wound up getting a replacement engine. Well, I'm I'm really not sure what it could be because some of the things that they've looked at are the things I would suggest to look at, too. So without further looking at it, I'm not really sure. But I do recommend you keep taking it back to the same dealership until they get it fixed because this is at this point, this is definitely their problem to deal with and get it corrected for you. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Enjoy listening to your show. You're doing a great job. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. We appreciate you calling in. It's an open topic today for your car repair questions. You can send us an email to our address, auto at mpbonline.org. What's in the news? We'll tell you after the break. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. Welcome back to AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, don't forget you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. What's in the news? Water is in the news. Um, All up and down the Pearl River has been flooding. Sometimes it's flooding into people's houses, and it's been flooding into a lot of people's cars. Um... We had water at our house, but we were lucky enough to move our vehicles and park them. We had enough time. We were able to park them somewhere we absolutely knew the water wasn't going to come to, so we didn't get any water in our cars. But what are some things you should do if you suspect your car has gotten water in it? One of the first things you can do is right when you open the door, you can pull a panel and pull up your rug right uh-huh. there and look, and you will see water. And when I do inspections, when it's a flood-damaged car, that's one of the first things I look at. So you can see if it got into your car up under the carpet, and you'll see dirt and debris. It'll look like water damage okay. under there, or it'll actually still be wet. That's one thing you can look at. Another thing you can do is check the oil dipstick, pull the dipstick, and if it doesn't look like just oil, if it looks like a little bit of water maybe mixed with it, um, it'll have... It have little water droplets, or it can look like chocolate milk. Ooh. When it mixes with oil, it turns into a chocolate milk color, and then you know that oil got in your water got in your engine, which is bad, bad, bad. Um, that's a couple things that you can look at that are easy to check on on your vehicle to look for flood damage. Another is to look. I like to look for rusted bolts up on top of the engine, and look up up high. And then work your way down from the top and and see it down until you see where the rust level is, where things have gotten rusty. On the bottom of the car, of course, you're going to have a few rusty things, but you're not supposed to on top of the car, right? So that's a sign that the water got up really high in your car. So those are some quick signs for water damage. Michelle, what's your water damage story? Jay uh, Jay and I were asking, hello, everyone. This is Michelle McAdoo. Um, We were wondering if you suspect or see water in your engine or in your oil mixed in it. Uh, should you just chunk that car car, or what could you do? Do you have to do an engine flush or replace the whole, the entire engine? What do you have to do? You can replace the engine. It, it's serious when, when it does that. You don't want any water in your engine. It's going to tear up eventually. So yeah, you would want to replace the engine uh, entirely and a flush is not going to clean that out. 
So that's right. that's what I recommend on that. Now in Jackson and uh, you know Oxford or South Haven, they'll probably if they get water damage, it's from the rain or from the water. But on the coast, their water damage could possibly come from tidal surge uh, if during a hurricane. Is uh, fresh water, salt water? Is there a difference? I've heard there is, and I'm not sure what what exactly the difference is. I have done inspections where they asked if they thought whether it was it was seawater or or floodwaters. So I guess there is a difference on it. But for, for, as far as for me, it's if it's water damage, it's water damage, and it does the same thing to your engine. It's going to tear it up. So it's it's still going to do damage. And if you're buying a used car, from what I understand. If that car had been totaled because of water damage on insurance, that would show up somewhere. So you need to check that before you buy a car. Yes, definitely. And that's not always guaranteed. So you do want to have an inspection. I mean, you have people that total cars and then they take them and they like for salvage and um you you need to you need to check it out you need to look at it with these older cars or or if they're known to come from a flood area at all then or after like a storm surge like we've had lately there's going to be a lot of cars go to auction that are are flood damage that you're not real sure whether they are and then those end up on used car lots so go ahead and double check these things and and look for the rusty bolts and check pull the little panel it's real easy to pull off that little door trim on the door when you first open the door and check by your carpet. That's that's some easy things to check. And they see you looking at that. They'll they'll deter you real quick. If they they find out that if they know that it's a flood damaged car because it look, could look pretty on the outside. It can look very pretty. It can run good, uh-huh. but you could have future problems. So, all right, let's take our last phone call of the hour. Roger from Florence. Roger, thank you so much for calling in. Go ahead. Well, how nice and honor to be the last caller. <laughs> I'm a loyal listener, as you know, missing my. Volunteer work out there. Good job. Thanks again. Popular and useful program. I'm calling in for with uh, a primary complaint. <clears throat> you can't do anything about it short term, but as as your expert would confirm, I think all modern cars designed, if they're designed with separate temperature controls for the passenger and and uh, driver's side, have a system design that requires if you want a temperature difference, for example, if your wife likes a cooler, I mean, a, 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 yeah, a cooler seat than you, then instead of the old-fashioned way of letting fresh air in and warming it up if you need it warmer, it always, on modern cars, requires the air conditioning compressor to come on. Okay. Well, Roger, we'll have to have our person who had that problem look into that, but we are all out of time. Um, this has been AutoCorrect today. Our call screener today has been Java Chapman. We've had Jay White. Our board engineer is Michelle McAdoo. For Allison Walker, remember, you can find her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, The Lady Auto Mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. We hope you can join us each Thursday for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 